The mid-season episode is here, so let's give out some awards. And from throwing no-nos to uh-ohs, Christian Javier joins Rafael Montero on the island of Misfit Toys. It's episode 30 of Stone Cold Strohs, and it starts right now. Welcome into Stone Cold Strohs. I'm Brandon Strange. I'm joined by senior content contributor Charlie Palolo. Follow him on Twitter at Palolo. Read his weekly column on sportsmap.com. The guy next to him, Josh Jordan. He's the editor of sportsmap.com. Follow him on Twitter at joshjordan975. Please be sure to hit like on this video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. The full version of this podcast is available in audio form right now at places like Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And when you're not watching sports map content, please be sure to listen to our sister platform, ESPN Houston, 97.5 and 92.5 on your radio dial. Gentlemen, welcome in. Number 30, you said, right? Number 30. Well, fortunately, the Astros get back home with a white hot Red hot, not enough. Kyle Tucker, because it's no fun going with a current Astro, but number 30 is a very slim pickings number in Astros history. So just for the cringe worthiness of them, I'm going to say Carlos Gomez and Matt Dominguez. <laughs> I wondered if you'd go with Carlos Gomez. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Luke Scott, who 17 years ago this month became the Astros' first rookie to hit for the cycle. I was at that game. So anyway, let's get right into it. We're going to give away some midseason awards, like we teased later on. Uh, but first, we'd be remiss if we didn't get into some of the implications from the Lone Star series. The biggest matchup of the, the, the short season so far, the Astros trying to claw their way back to contention for the division. The finale was set up to be one kind of statement. Turns out to be another kind of statement by the end of the game. The Astros do take three or four in Arlington with no yard on, no Fromber, no Pena, no Brantley, but I don't even think that counts anymore. We'll talk more about that later. Another ominous update regarding Uncle Mike. I wore this shirt today because I badly needed to remember that this team is the reigning champs. Charlie, have the Astros done anything uh, in the first half of the season to change your mind that they cannot defend their title? Oh, no. Uh, this team has constructed, can win the World Series. This team has constructed could also miss the playoffs entirely. Uh, there's a wider spectrum of, of possibilities on the downside just with where they are. Uh, but taking three out of four in Arlington at ho-hum, uneventful pitcher's duel on Monday, you know, had they wound up losing that game, it would have been easy for people to be looking for sharp objects and windowsills and all that. Uh, that would not have been the day the season died they wouldn't have been emotionally devastated for the rest of the season. But just the real-world outcome of the swing with the Rangers. From five games out, they now play out the last week before the All-Star break, starting just three games out, two games versus the terrible Rockies, four games here against the eh, Mariners. While the Rangers are on the road for three at Boston, the Red Sox are a real good last-place team, then three at Washington. Don't know me. Get much help from the Nationals. But you look at the schedule out of the All-Star break, it is serious advantage Astros over the first three series out of the break before the Astros and Rangers play at Minute Maid Park July 24, 25, 26. The Rangers have series with both the Rays and Dodgers among their first three out of the break. Uh, the Astros have a real chance to overtake the Rangers by the end of this month. 
you know, had they lost three out of four to fall seven back, deep trouble, you know, July 4th to be seven games back. So to be within three, the fight is very much on. There's still ebb and flow. The Astros didn't break the Rangers. The Rangers still have the lead. But to go a little small picture on this, just that win Monday. You know, had they lost, the Rangers would lead the season series four games to three. Instead, it's Astros 4-3. You play 13 games, so if they split the remaining six, the Astros win the season series. That could be a division tiebreaker, right? There is no game 163. The season series decides it, right? The Astros have already lost the season series to the Toronto Blue Jays if you're with them for a wild card, right? Haven't dealt with the Yankees yet, haven't faced the Orioles yet. Uh, but on multiple levels, the emotional one probably foremost for fans, but winning that game Monday was substantial. They needed that, but it was one of those wins that also kind of felt like a loss, not just giving up all the runs, but Christian Javier is broken. You know, so if you ask, have I seen anything through the first half of the season that makes me worried? Come playoff time, yeah. If they don't have Christian Javier to go along with Fromber, that's just not enough. They, they got to get that figured out with him. So, I, you know, I'm excited. It was a great win, but Christian Javier has got me really concerned. His stuff has deteriorated significantly over the last five starts. Earned run average 9.14. Now, with the invisible fastball, he wasn't someone who blew hitters away by touching 98, 99, just pure gas. But, you know, losing a mile, mile and a half, two miles per hour off that fastball, it seems pretty visible uh, quite regularly. You know, touching 92, maybe 93, maxing out on the gun. Uh, you know, he struck out four and four and a third against the Rangers, but only 10 strikeouts over his last five starts combined, giving up well over a hit printing, mixing in walks, torched by the home run ball. Now, the Astros have been gaming the pitching staff a little bit up and down. Sean Dubin after one start, Bielak, Bielak just coming back, uh, Ronel Blanco down. That's just a fill in starts here and there. But when you send a pitcher down, he has to stay down for 15 days. I would really suggest if they have – maybe you do a bullpen day as long as Fromber can make a start later in the week so you don't have to go bullpen days back-to-back. Shut Javier down. Whether it's a dead arm, whether it's a funk, a crisis of confidence brought on by a dead arm and a funk, give him some extended downtime rather than pitching him Saturday. Right? You skip that start. Then you have the all-star break. You backload him in the rotation out of the all-star break, and he can have the better part of two weeks for a refresh – a reset. You know, we've talked some in the past that Javier blew past his career high in innings pitched last season on pace to blow past his career high in innings pitched again this season. Though a faint, faint, faint silver lining of getting knocked out in the third and fifth innings in a couple of starts does limit the innings count a little bit. But I really think that Christian Javier is probably uh, paying the toll for the workload of last year along with this year because it's not as if it's bad luck or just an off start, it's four times in five now that he has been shellacked. And regardless of whether it's decided by Dusty or not, when Christian Javier is pitching right now, it is a bullpen day. The real question is, is what is he handing that bullpen? What kind of deficit is he handing over to that bullpen? And the series finale, the Astros can't hold an eight-run lead. That game specifically, a microcosm of the, the emotional roller coaster that this season has been. But you can't take away from the fact that this was done without Fromber. You know, Fromber missed a day with that turned ankle. It, Pena with a stiff neck missed the entire series. And, and obviously, Jordan still making his way back. 
at least Jordan appears to be on the track back. We, we haven't got an update. I haven't seen an update yet on Pena, uh, but you would hope he would be back shortly. But the fact that the Astros have been able to piecemeal a lineup together that's was able to put up 12 runs in the finale against uh, Arlington. And then, Charlie, you mentioned the piecemeal that they're doing in the rotation right now with a combination of Blanco and Dube. These guys weren't even expected to see time at the Major League Club this year, and right now they're playing and being productive in really important games as you're trying to tread water until maybe you get an Urquidy back or until Christian Javier figures this out. Um if you're watching, Charlie's got, and I have to digress here just because Charlie's got kind of the open shirt, Abreu, Jose Abreu style going on. So I'm going to ask you about Jose Abreu's turnaround because I think this is also something that, oh, don't button it up, Charlie. Um, when Abreu got out to that awful start, we talked about, well, look, if he regresses back to the mean, that means he could be at any point turn white hot. And we acknowledge that that doesn't necessarily have to happen statistically, but many times it does, especially for a guy who is notorious for getting off to slow starts. Well, his last seven games have been really impressive. His last 30 have been impressive. What are you seeing from Abreu, Charlie? And can he maintain this toward pace that he's on right now? Well, he's not going to maintain it. Uh, finishes the road trip 14 for 37. That's a 378 batting average. That's a, a hot spurt. But if he settles in as an 800 OPS guy, because he was just an anvil dragging down the lineup. I mean, just now, just now his OPS for the season is up to 650. A 650 OPS is terrible. But Abreu was in the low 500s a month or so ago. And, uh, you know, I don't think Dusty's running around, to be fair, taking credit for, see, I stuck with him. I stuck with him. This was inevitable uh, because if Dusty was to do that, it would force some snarky types to point out that, you know, Dusty, where Abreu really got rolling going on this road trip is when he finally sat three days in a row. Uh, so over the remainder of the season, I think the Astros need to be cognizant of the fact, Dusty needs to be cognizant of the fact that Abreu is 36 and a half. He faded terribly last season in the power department. Right? He basically came a, became a singles hitter, and he slapped out a good number of them. But the power fell off a cliff back half of August and then, and then all of September. Uh, so particularly when you get Jordan back, right? Abreu should not start 155 games. Um, so in terms of mechanics, because we'd heard a couple different things at different points, you know, I don't have a, a specific answer on that anymore than I think Alex Cintron had a specific answer on that. But uh, Abreu sitting up in the coffin, obviously a godsend. Kyle Tucker, an absolute monster of a road trip. And Chaz McCormick now for over a month has been batting over 300 with an OPS of about 950. Uh, still striking out a lot, but when he's been making contact, it has been routinely smash hard contact. Now, I don't think he's going to be a 950 OPS guy the rest of the way. But, hey, uh, Dusty, in the lineup virtually every day, enough of the trying to slice the bread to feed the ducks, Corey Jolks, Jake Myers, uh, McCormick. I think it was last week discussed that he's actually leveled out the, the wide platoon advantage in the past where he clobbered lefties, right-handed pitching, just snuffed him. Not the case to, to this point in the season. And just the one other guy I want to mention uh, is Altuve. His presence atop the lineup, is just, well, ironically enough, huge. 
Uh, the power that he brings, right? You're not batting 300, but he's been drawing walks at a rate he's never drawn them before in his career. So the on-base percentage coupled with the power, right? OPS, he's in the mid-8s. And as it works out, well, of course they missed Altuve, right? Dubon was tremendous as a fill-in for Mauricio Dubon. You're not close to Altuve as an offensive player. But now with Pena down, Pena having a disappointingly very mediocre season offensively, they have not lost anything offensively with Dubon replacing Pena over the last four games. So Altuve, Dubon, way better as a middle infield offensive combination than Dubon, Pena. When would we see, you talked about Chaz McCormick and his production. When, what does Dusty have to see? for him to get that uh, everyday starting role in center field. Now, you, like you said, he's reduced his splits. Jake Myers has gone back to the production that we're used to seeing from Jake Myers. What does he have to do? I mean, feels like he's doing it. I mean, Dusty's just got to put him in the lineup every day. I mean, he's been fantastic. Let's see his last seven games. He's slugging 583. His last 30 games, he's slugging over 500. So it's been consistent. And he's so great on defense. And you could just feel the momentum shift when he makes a big play or gets a big hit. You can tell the team really feeds off him. And to act like that stuff doesn't matter, I, I think is crazy. And, you know, I saw reports that maybe the Astros would look to move him because he wasn't playing regularly every day. I please don't do that. <laughs> There's something about Chaz that's special. You saw it last year in the World Series. He's doing it right now, and they need it right now. He has been really big for them when they needed a little bit of help, and it, it's just kind of funny. You know, it, it seems like a Abreu's fixed, and now Javier's broken. It's just one of those seasons where it's like every time something kind of gets going in the right direction, something else breaks down on your car. Um, it just kind of feels like that with the Astros this year. It's a left-handed bat that Dana Brown figures to be in the market for because uh, the giant fork that's just out of my reach, but looks like we can stick that in Michael Brantley so that he will come back to give you a third left-handed thumper in the line. Well, not a thumper, but good hitter, uh, along with Jordan, knock on wood, that he stays healthy once he's back, and Kyle Tucker. But that McCormick, Myers, Jolks are all right-handed hitters. Not that Corey Jolks has any trade value. Not that Jake Myers really has any trade value. You can't trade McCormick right now. He's one of your three best offensive guys until Jordan gets back at this point anyway. Um, so, you know, if you if you can add a left-handed complement to the outfield mix, I think that's the, the market that Dana Brown is in, as well as probably a starting pitcher. And as James Click uh, set precedent for, is you can't reward bad behavior. You can't get rid of Chaz McCormick. Dusty wouldn't stop playing Miles Straw in the outfield over McCormick. So Miles Straw had to go away. It, something has to happen to where maybe that choice and that decision is taken out of uh, Dusty Baker's hands. Mentioned it at the onset, we have reached the midseason point of the 2023 season for the Astros. At this point, gentlemen, who is the Astros 2023 midseason rookie of the year? Well, I still think it's Hunter Brown, but amazingly, here comes J.P. France. Uh, I still go with Hunter Brown that from the start of the season, he was entrusted with a very important role. Uh, obviously, that grew in significance when Garcia and Urquidy both went down. Uh, we can't call it an Astros big three. In fact, at this point, it's a big one. Uh, with Javier's struggles. And Hunter Brown has been up and down, and you have to be wary of his workload over the rest of the season. But that his next start will be his 17th before the All-Star break. 
He'll go into it with an earner average of 3.76. Not special, but fine. The fact that he's thrown 90 innings to me, I'm going to give credit for that over J.P. France, who when he goes against the Rockies will take the mound with a 3-1-3 ERA, notably better than Hunter Brown, but over 10 starts and 60 innings. Uh, not to numb with numbers, but if J.P. France was to pitch to equal Hunter Brown's innings pitched, he could do so with an ERA of 4.70 over the 30 and a third innings that he has to equal Hunter Brown, and he'd have Hunter Brown's ERA. Well, J.P. France obviously has pitched a lot better than a 4.70 earned run average, uh, but I'm going to give the lean to Hunter Brown on quantity at this point, but it's a race. Yeah, uh, I'll go the other way. I'll go with J.P. France. I agree with everything Charlie said there. I'm just going to give him the nod because the ERA is a little bit better. This will be his 11th start when he makes it this week, so that's – you know, a decent sample size, obviously not as much as Hunter Brown, but in expectations wise, I wasn't expecting JP France to come up and be a guy that I feel like they could win any ball game that he's pitching. He keeps them in it pretty much every time. So I just, I like his cutter. I, I he just, he passes the eye test for me. And that's what I'm excited about with JP France. Cause I, I had no expectations and he's not a guy that throws 98 miles an hour or anything like that. And, you know, 93, 94, but he can locate. And I, I've been impressed, and they're going to need a lean on him. They they need pitching. They'll probably for, trade for some more. But him and Hunter Brown, with Javier's struggles, they're going to need those guys. The other name that rates a mention is Yiner Diaz, but I don't think he has the bulk of, of numbers to this point to rate as the Astros Rookie of the Year. But if he's going to get close to full-time playing time the rest of the year, we'll see how the DH at-bats work, how much left field will Jordan play as opposed to designated hitter. And if Dusty will smell some of the coffee as Maldonado sinks toward 170 and, uh, you know, catching Yoda hasn't figured it out with Javier. He hasn't figured it out with Montero. Hunter Brown's numbers are still better when Yiner Diaz is catching. So Maldonado is catching consultant paid very well for the rest of the season with Diaz getting at least half the playing time behind the plate. But I feel like I'm spitting rather hard into the wind. If you had told me at the beginning of the season that the Astros were going to lose McCullers and Garcia for the season and Arquiti for a big chunk of time, you really would think, well, there's just, there's not really, we, we know there's nothing in the farm system, so there's not really much hope for the season. And yet you've gotten the performances. We, we had an idea of how good Brown was going to be. We really did had no expectation that JP France would be somebody that the Astros could tap and he'd come up and be effective this early uh, to this extent. Now, granted, Charlie, you, you touched on something that worries me a lot, which is workload for JP France. And so as, as the season draws on, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm going to give an honorable mention because I, I agree at, at, at I think it's either one of those two guys. I'm just going to give an honorable mention to Corey Jolks, uh, who, again, another guy who were shocked that he even made the roster after spring training and for him to be hitting 262 at this point in the season. And his, his OPS is just shy of 700. But again, like this is a guy who you're only having to rely on because of the Jordan injury and because Brantley's not coming back uh, anytime soon. What Jolks has given you in relief of uh, or in absence of Jordan has been every bit as important as what uh, Dubon's given you in the absence of Altuve and now Jeremy Pena. All right, Jeff, that brings us to our final topic. Josh, I'm going to let you go first. We're going to go out of order on this one. Josh, who is okay. your Astros 
2023 midseason MVP. I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit. Not not the chalky answer here. So I mean, how about Chaz McCormick, man? Like with what you've gotten out of Jake Myers in center field, it it hasn't turned into what they hoped he would be in previous seasons. He's it, just not the answer. It, it's not working out for Jake. So for Chaz to provide the defense, the he's one of their better hitters now on the team too. He's just uh, he's a spark plug for them, man. He gets them going. He he comes through in the clutch, and that's that's something Altuve is really good at. When when Altuve got him that insurance run with that that home run the other night, Chaz does things like that, and uh, I'd like to give him a little credit. I know we could all pick the you know the Frombers of the world guys like that, but let's give Chaz a little bit of love. I will pick the Fromber of the world. Jordan <laughs> uh, had a chance to perhaps lap the field, but attendance is part of the grade. And with all the time that he's missed, as monstrous as the numbers that he was putting up, you know, he has zero chance to be in the American League MVP race unless he's back very soon out of the All-Star break and is just incredible over the last two months. And, of course, Shohei Otani would have to suddenly retire. Uh, but for the Astros to this point, I go with Fromber, who has been arguably, you know, despite the hiccups in a couple of recent starts and that ankle better get and stay right, uh, he's been as good as any starter in the American League, arguably been the best starter in the American League with McClanahan uh, having a hiccup or two and his own injury issues with the, the Rays right now. Uh, that Fromber, you know, averages nearly seven innings per start, pitching to a 2.49 earned run average. Um, for those who love war, he's he's best on the Astros in war. So I will go with Fromber Valdez and we'll see if that ankle is right and he makes a start. Does Dusty go with him to be the American League's starting pitcher in the All-Star game? It's hard not to pick Fromber just because he's been a guy, especially with all of the injuries on this pitching staff and as thin as this pitching staff has been, he's been a guy who you had just been able to trust that could come in, be your stopper. But I'm going to go with Kyle Tucker. He's hitting 292 with an 853 OPS, but his last seven games really tell the story. Four, he's hitting 481 with 13 RBI. What we all count on with Tucker is he's going to give you those numbers. He's going to give you you know big numbers every year, not gigantic numbers, not superstar numbers, but consistent numbers. But it's kind of this thing where it's uh, he goes on these really cold streaks where it just looks like he is completely lost at the plate. And then somehow he just finds his way out of it. That's the stage he's at right now, which is he went through a couple of weeks of scuffling and man, you know, to hit almost 500 over a seven game period is pretty impressive going into Arlington and going toe to toe with the league's best offense. I, I just, you know, tip my hat to him because especially with the loss of Jordan, he just now is now tying uh, where Jordan is at an RBI, but availability is one of the best abilities and Jordan puts up gaudy numbers when he's in, but Tucker slow and steady wins the race for me. Uh, Tucker's in your lineup playing a lot more games than most of the guys on this roster are playing right now. Maybe he should sit a few more games as a matter of fact, is maybe what I'm trying to say, but yeah, for me, it's Kyle Tucker. I think what's interesting though, is all three of us had a different answer and all, I think all three of us had, you know, pretty good uh, reasonings for our decisions there. I guess one of my questions is we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the show about Jose Abreu and kind of how he's turned it on at the end of the season. Charlie, what are the odds that by the end of the season here, Abreu inserts himself into this conversation for team MVP for the Astros? 
Well, generally, I'm a never say never guy, so I'll adhere to that, but I'll go with 0.000, stop me at some point, 1%, because you can't uh, men in black wand away the first two months of the season where he was the worst everyday player in baseball. That's a third of the season where he was an unmitigated disaster, along with the fact I doubt he's going to hit 20 home runs over the last two months of the season, the way he fell off a cliff with the power last year. Um but that's all fine as long as he's just good Jose Abreu, 800 OPS type Jose Abreu, because with Altuve back, if he stays healthy, Bregman's still been two fits and starts, but you know at least he draws walks, creates traffic on the bases, and, well, he has a propensity for grand slams, especially when opposition outfielders are pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get Jordan back, and you have Tucker. I'm not going to quite say the 2017 Astros offense, top to bottom, but you at least have a reasonable facsimile at that point with what McCormick is doing. And if Yiner Diaz gets at bats hitting seventh or eighth, the way you structure the lineup, if you have all your hands healthy and on deck. Uh, but team uh, team MVP for Abreu, I think that would uh, require a bit of recency bias. Those first two, mo- two months of the season did happen. Yeah, it if we're going to do some silver linings though, I like the fact that we're seeing him pull the ball and I believe that the shot in the finale was 452 feet. So, I mean, we're seeing some crazy exit velo. We're seeing that power. So he shows it to us from time to time. If he could just be a little more consistent, the last, last 30 games, he's hitting 291 on base percentage, 326 and slugging over 500. He's just got to continue to do that. We know he's a late starter. He loves playing in the, the hot summer months. We're right in the middle of those right now. So uh, hopefully the, the glass is half full. If he can just be good, he doesn't have to be great. That would really help this Astros lineup. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Another episode in the books for Stone Cold Strohs. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. Charlie, Josh, and I will be with you next week, but you don't have to wait that long to get your Houston sports fix. All you have to do is subscribe to Sports Map Houston on YouTube, and John Granado, Lance Zerline, and Josh Jordan will have you covered there. And remember, it's 97.5 and 92.5 on your FM dial. I want to thank producer Jack Brame for pushing all the buttons, and thanks to everyone listening. And until next time, go Strips.